Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. sound in the world, the cry of a newborn child, a lusty cry signifying health. For babies born this year of 1941 will live 14 years longer than those born 25 years ago. For this triumph over disease and death, one American woman is chiefly responsible. She is Dr. S. Josephine Baker. Tonight, the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont, maker of better things for better living through chemistry, brings you the story of a great physician, a great humanitarian, and a great citizen, Dr. Josephine Baker. On our program, she will be portrayed by Agnes Moorhead of the Cavalcade Players. August 3rd, 1901, at 21 John Street, room 201. Civil service examinations for position of inspector, New York Department of Health. Salary, $30 per month. Uh, excuse me, uh, this is the Department of Health, isn't it? It is indeed, madam. I'm the commissioner. What can I do for you? I have a letter here from Supreme Court Justice... Okay, okay. Give the lady her appointment, O'Malley. Right. But don't you want to know about my qualifications? Have you a good stout pair of walking shoes? Why, yes. Then you're qualified. Give her the Hell's Kitchen District, O'Malley. That's 43rd Street to 59th and 7th Avenue to the Hudson. Right. Think you can handle all that? Why, yes, I suppose so. I'm not sure I'm entirely clear on my duties, Commissioner. As I understand it, I'm to make a detailed report on health conditions in these tenements. Well, not too detailed. Just ask the janitor of the building if there's any sick babies around. Do what you can for them. Well, Commissioner, I'll do the best I can.
Good morning. Oh, uh, look, lady, if you're one of them book agents on your way, folks in this house can't read. I'm not a book agent. I'm the new health inspector. Yeah? I wish you'd report to Dave on the top floor for dumping garbage in the dumb waiter shaft. You mean it's still there? Sure. Who's going to clean it up? Well, I thought you were the janitor of the building. Yeah. What can I do for you? Clean out that garbage. Huh. Uh, that's a good one. Think I want to catch one of them diseases? What diseases? How should I do? Listen, lady, you don't know Hell's Kitchen very well, do you? No, but I know something about diseases. Yeah. There's only one disease. That's brats being born in the first place. I don't think I'm going to like you very well at all. No? Uh, where do you see the rest of the hooligans in this flat? They make me look like a Fifth Avenue swell. I'm the new health inspector in this neighborhood. Well, if you're looking for health, you come to the wrong neighborhood, lady. I thought I might be able to help you. Who's asking the likes of you for help? Helping people is my business. You see, I'm a doctor. You? A doctor? Yes. But well, we ain't got money to spend on doctors and such. Well, you don't understand. I'm paid by the city. Oh, that's a new one on me. You shut up, Ross. Not your Better. Well, ma'am. May I have a look at that baby? Ain't no pretty sight with them blotches all over. Well, maybe we can do something for them. All right. Come on in. Careful, you'll step into them slops. Oh. Oh, What's even you, lady? Did you think you was coming to call on Mrs. Vanderbilt? Of course not, but I... I hardly know where to begin. You've let things get into such a state. You said you wanted to look at the baby. Them things is between me and my old man, and he's too drunk to care. I stopped caring when the last one died. You lost one, baby? Yeah. I ain't sorry. She's out of this stinkhole anyways. Well, you're not going to lose this baby, Mrs. Lavery. Listen to who's talking. Madam Fifth Avenue. My name is Dr. Baker. Now get me a clean towel and some warm water. Clean towel? In this house? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Four running the streets and this brat howling all day long? This gauze will do for now, I guess. Before I go, we'll wash those towels. What is it, ma'am? What's wrong with the child? Oh, I'm afraid your boy has diphtheria. He'll have to go to the hospital. I can't pay for no hospital. Oh, that isn't important. They don't do nothing for colored folks, no how. Hospitals is just a place for us to die. I'll see to it your boy gets the proper treatment, Mrs. Ingram. And the rest of you, of course, will have to have antitoxin injections. He ain't going to stick no needles into us folks. Oh, there's no need to be afraid. Listen, ma'am. The Lord himself was scared and cried out on the cross. Who are you to tell us folks not to be afraid? Who was I to tell them not to be afraid? That was a question I couldn't answer because I was afraid myself. Afraid that there was something terribly, desperately wrong with what I was doing. 
so often it seemed I'd come too late to do any good. Oh, it's you. What do you come back for? Who tells you to come sneer to my house all the time? I, I, I just called to see how your little girl was getting along. My little Maria. She's a dead. Oh. And you kill her with your fine ideas. She takes the bath when she's sick. She drinks the milk. If she... you'd only been willing to let us take her tonsils out, Mrs. Benelli, she might have had a chance. Her whole system was being poisoned. I, I told you. You telling me. Go ahead, tell me. Doctor should cut on her throat with a big knife, my little girl, huh? Maybe you'd like to try now, huh? Well, we, we've got another, you see. So get out. Oh, I'm sorry I spoke that way, Mrs. Benelli. I, I know how you must feel. You know how I feel. You never feel nothing in your whole life. You lift us up, you show us to clean the house. Maybe you bring your dead to life, but not of mine. So get out, like I say. And if you don't go quick, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you! Sometimes New York seemed to me like some monstrous charnel house, each cubicle with its little coffin and the mourners grouped around it, their faces gaunt with the premonition of deaths yet to come. When I returned from the rounds of my squalid district, I would sit in my office long and long, studying the results of my work, results that added up to nothing. Oh, Dr. Baker, you still here? Yes, Inspector, come on in. I'd like to talk to you about this tenement work. You've been here for some time, haven't you? Long enough to stop worrying about those slum people, Dr. Baker. You're wasting your time. You really think so? Yes. What's more, you're making it pretty tough for the rest of us here. You realize that? I'm making things tough for you. Yes, you're actually inspecting tenements and reporting sick babies, aren't you? But that's my job. I guess you just don't know any better. The boys asked me to tip you off. The boys? Yes. You want to keep your job, don't you, Dr. Baker? Not that badly. Well, what do you get out of it? Those people will never thank you for it. They hate you for it, don't they? But they don't understand. Precisely, Dr. Baker. They don't understand. And what's more, they never will. You are listening to the DuPont Cavalcade of America, presenting the story of Dr. S. Josephine Baker, the great American woman physician. Agnes Moorhead is playing the role of Dr. Baker. I had failed dismally, and I knew it. 
I could help a few, but there were too many of them. What was the answer? I was not to know so soon. It was not long after this that an epidemic of typhoid broke out and I was sent to a mansion on Park Avenue. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Dr. Baker of the Department of Health. Oh, it was good of you to come, Dr. Baker, but we have our own doctor. Of course, and I'm sure he's doing everything possible for your children. But I've come on other business. Uh, may I come in, please? Certainly. You'll forgive me if I seemed a little rude, but this whole experience has been rather shattering, to say the least. Yes, I can understand that. But you can help us a great deal and perhaps prevent this happening to other families if you'll answer a few questions as honestly as you can. I'll do my best, Doctor. First of all, has anyone in your family ever had typhoid fever before, to your knowledge? Emphatically, no. And what about the servants? There were three maids and the butler. I couldn't blame them for leaving. Naturally, they were frightened. But thank heaven there's such a thing as loyalty left among some servants. Then one of them is still here. My cook, Mary Mallon. Mary Mallon. Could I talk with her? Frankly, I'd rather you didn't. She hates and fears all doctors. Why, she even threatened to leave rather than be examined by our own doctor. Hmm. That's peculiar. Not under the circumstances. She's never had a day's illness in her life, so naturally she thinks such things are foolish. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, supposing we don't tell her I'm a doctor. Well, if you insist, but I can assure you it will lead you to nothing. I'll ring for her. But please don't antagonize her. I don't know what we would do if she leaves us. I'll try to be as tactful as possible. You rang, Mom? Come in, Mary. This is Miss Baker. She wants to ask you a few questions. Well, be quick about it, Mom. I got a cake in the oven. Mary, was there illness in the last house where you were? What's that to you? Mary, please be civil. I'm sorry, Mom. But is it my fault if people take sick? I didn't mean to imply it was your fault, Mary. But you see, we're trying to find out what is causing this sickness. What do you want me to do? I want you to come with me downtown and submit to an examination. I won't do it. You promised me you'd keep these people away from me, Mum. I'm quitting. Now, Mary, don't talk like that, please. I... You can't leave me alone at a time you, like you this. You don't send her away. I'm quitting. It. Dr. Baker, I'm afraid I'll have to ask Doctor. you to go. So it's one of them doctors. Mary, Mary, I'll handle this. Go on back to the kitchen. With pleasure, Mum. You see how it is, Dr. Baker? Yes. But I've been assigned to get some samples for laboratory tests in Mary's case. If she won't give them willingly, we shall have to take her to the hospital by force. Have you the right to do that? Mrs. Smith, if necessary, that is what we shall do. But surely, just because there may have been typhoid the last place Mary worked... There's typhoid everywhere Mary has worked. I've made sure of that. But she's never had typhoid. She says she can prove it. It may be possible for some people to carry typhoid bacillus and never contract the disease themselves. That's what we have to find out. Will you cooperate? Very well, Doctor. I'll do what I can. I'm back again, Mrs. Smith. Oh, come in, Dr. Baker. I told Mary... Oh, Oh. don't be alarmed. I'm sure that there won't be anything for these officers to do. Well, I hope not. Boys, uh, maybe it would be better if Mary didn't see you at first. Sure, Doc. We understand. We'll wait around back. Call us if you need us. All right. Thanks, boys. Mary's in the kitchen. Come this way, Doctor. Were you able to reason with her at all? You saw how she is. It's a pity she feels as she does. 
Yes. Well, here's the kitchen, Doctor. Why, Mary? Don't come no closer if you know what's good for you. Mary, put down that butcher knife. This is no way to I'm warning you. Both of you. Don't come no closer. Mary, listen to me. I know it's hard for you. Maybe you don't even believe it, but it's true. Every time you cook for people, they'll get typhoid. It's a lie. I've never been sick in my life. You've made other people sick. Deep in your heart, you know that's true. It can't be just an accident. Remember the Harveys, Mary, and the Laytons? It was their twin babies that died. Remember them and all the others, every place you worked. It ain't true, I tell you. It ain't true. Yes, it is, Mary, and you know it. Now, put down the knife, Mary, and come with me. You want to put me in jail? Like a criminal. And I never done nothing wrong in my life, never. After now, you've never done anything wrong. But if you cook for people again, now that you know it will be wrong. It'll be a crime, Mary. Cooking's all I know. What can I do? We'll help you to get other work if you'll help us. Tell people. I'll never get to work again. You won't tell anyone if you're helpless. You better do what she says, Mary. It's a trick, I tell you. They want to put me in jail. They'll have your pictures in the paper, Mary. Typhoid Mary Mallon, that's what they'll call you. You don't want that, do you? No. No, I'll come with you. Good. All right, officers, you can come Police. now. Police, you... You lied to me. You brought the police. They're not going to take you to jail. No, I should say they ain't. I'm not going to wait near it. Where'd she go, Dr. Baker? To that window. Take the alleyway, Casey. Come on, Dr. Baker. We'll search the house next door. We'll catch her right enough. Yes, we must, but be gentle with her. She's not a criminal, you know. And what is she? She's the most tragic person I've ever known. Dr. Baker, I want to congratulate you for your part in this Typhoid Mary case. Control of these carriers will save thousands of lives. Commissioner, how would you like to save not thousands, but millions of lives every year? That suit me just fine, Dr. Baker. How do you suggest we go about it? Well, the Typhoid Mary case set me to thinking, Commissioner. Why do we wait until people are sick to pay some attention to them? Why not catch them when they're well and try to keep them that way? Mm. Sickness among the poor starts in the cradle, Dr. Baker. And they stay more or less sick the rest of their lives. That's why I want to catch them early, the moment they're born, even before they're born. Dr. Baker, there's a child born in this city every three minutes. And out of every three babies born, one dies before the age of five. Pretty discouraging any way you look at it. Give me a staff of 17 nurses in one neighborhood as an experiment, Commissioner. I think we can change that. Well, suppose we could finagle some money by juggling the items on the budget here and there. How much would it take? Very little. Give me three months. And if at the end of that time I can't show you concrete results then there'll be no need to go on with it. The results of that modest experiment were amazing. In the first year, 1,200 fewer children died in my experimental neighborhood than the year before. 
while the death rate for children in the rest of New York remained the same. Such was the beginning of the world's first Bureau of Child Hygiene. New York City advanced from the highest to the lowest death rate of any great city in the world. I like to think that I had something to do with that. It is the year 1918. In a tenement in New York's Lower East Side, two little girls are giving their baby brother his bath. Their mother looks on fascinated. Such a beautiful sight. <laughs> Regular little mothers I'm bringing into the world. <laughs> That's what they call our club by PS92, Little Mothers. Oh, and by the school, they're teaching you to give the baby a bath, huh? <laughs> Such a thing. And by whom, may I ask, is this big idea? By Dr. Baker. And what do doctors know about raising babies, might I ask? Have they been a mother? But, Mama, you're not getting the idea. Dr. Baker's a lady. She might be a mother under the proper conditions. Mm. Well, let's hope she's getting a husband soon. Okay, Rosie, get ready to talk. Yes. Now, now, Mama, look. Uh-huh. You dry the baby like this, oh. but gently like blotting paper. Yeah, yeah. Not rubbing and rubbing like this. Oh! See, 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 he's making cry. Uh-huh. And what makes a baby cry is a bad condition. So don't make a bad condition. Ah, but now comes the diapers. So we'll see how they're teaching you lesson number one. Rosie, Rosie, no, no, not like that. Remember how they said, the two corners together like this, and we slip it through like this, this. (laughs) It's not too tight, Mama, and it's not making a bad condition. So, now the baby sleeps, but with the window open. Sophie, the bath I will take and the fancy diaper I will take. But the open window, <laughs> the baby will catch his death of cold, so I say no, never. Oh, but, Mama, just this one. So why is today the best day the baby should catch pneumonia? Mama, he won't catch pneumonia. And besides, we want everything to be the best today, because I didn't tell you sooner, so you should first see what fine idea she has. Dr. Baker's coming here to see us. What? And the house upside down. Important company, and she doesn't tell me so, so I should hear about the idea calm of the fine Mama, Mama, calm yourself. Rosie and I are winning the prize from the Little Mother's Club. And why? Because we say, don't mind the house, mind the children. Mm. So exploits I have in the family already, huh? Don't for the baby. That's the name of our composition. Sophie, tell Mama about it. Oh, all right, Sophie, tell me. Well, first, don't give the baby herring and don't give the baby beer to drink. Yes. And don't let the baby run in the mud gutter. Uh-huh. Don't let the baby eat dirty things from the floor that he threw down at first. And don't leave the baby alone in the carriage and play with your friends. Why, he'll jump out. Mama, don't give the baby sour cucumbers. And don't leave the baby sit on the stove. And oh, don't... Uh, quick, so oh, open the window. Oh, it's right, Dr. Right. Baker. Uh, uh, come in, come in, Dr. Baker. Oh, uh, uh, you, you'll excuse, please. My house is just a little upside down. I don't think it is at all. I see you have the window open. That's uh-huh. fine. The children should get plenty of fresh air. Just like I'm telling always to my husband, Doctor, don't go around closing the windows all the time. It makes a bad condition. But, Mama, you said... You should keep your big mouth shut with making a good impression on the doctor, no? So I, I was saying, I know doctor. everything's being done for the baby in this house, Mrs. Rabinowitz. 
And when you're too busy, these girls of yours will make very good little mothers, won't you, girl? Yes, oh, yes, yes Doctor. Oh. <laughs> Such bright youngsters. Yes, Doctor. Mm. <laughs> Tell me, is all over the country such ideas nowadays? Yes. Yes, I think pretty nearly all over the country. Such simple folk as these, Dr. Baker herself brought a great new idea that children are the most important people in the world. To her profession, she brought a new science, the science of preventive health work for children. And through bureaus of child hygiene patterned on Dr. Baker's pioneering in New York slums, her ideas have spanned the civilized world. A child born in the United States this year of 1941 will live 14 years longer than one born 25 years ago. This is the gift of Sarah Josephine Baker to her countrymen. I like to stand at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 42nd Street in New York City and watch the crowds pushing and milling back and forth. But sometimes, seeing their set expressions and determined faces, all bent on getting somewhere at the cost of the men and women at their elbows, I've stood there and wondered. Wondered deeply and been sadly perplexed. Should we bring more and more babies into this troubled world? Yet I have faith in the ultimate decency of mankind. I can still see the light in the mother's eyes when her baby was assured of health. Of course, I would do it again. Monday night, the Cavalcade players bring you an exciting radio drama adapted from the new novel, Red Lanterns on St. Michael's by Thornwell Jacobs. It is the story of the first submarine exploit in the history of the American Navy, of Perry White, a young Southern idealist, and his effort during the Civil War to smash the federal blockade of Charleston, South Carolina. In our story of chemistry at work in our world... We will tell you how cellophane cellulose film is helping to conserve and protect the nation's food. We hope you'll listen next week when DuPont again presents The Cavalcade of America.
Dean Baker was written by Robert Tallman for the Cavalcade Players. The orchestra and the original musical score are under the direction of Don Voorhees. On the Cavalcade of America, your announcer is Clayton Collier, sending best wishes from DuPont. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company.